to what's going on everybody welcome to another edition of where i come from podcast it is i mr tone deaf we in the building and we are now on part two of our educator series that i'm working on right here shout out to Gwen minor and carmen adams for coming in for part one so we can get the women's perspective in regards to that but of course i have to bring my fellas along for this ride um, one thing about being in the educational system is the men are not represented that often. Um, more importantly, the black men are not represented that often, but we about to change that narrative today because I am joined by three very talented black melanated African-Americans, whatever you want to call us, Wakanda forever, of course, uh, yeah. as we get ready to you know, talk a little bit more about the educational system from the inside. Um, started with my gentleman here on the right, introduce yourself. My name is uh, Jason Beard. I'm the director and administrator of administration and operations at Dr. Howard Fuller Collegiate Academy. That's what's up. What's going on, y'all? This is uh, Ajumu, um, founder of Hill to Hood Milwaukee, which was launched back in 2012. Uh, been an educator since then, and currently I am the parent liaison and community engagement person um, at Dr. Howard Fuller Collegiate Academy, amongst a host of other things that we do in the educational system under Hill to Hood. That's what's up. How you doing, my people? This is Reggie Riley, fifth grade educator. I'm at Milwaukee College Prep. I've been mm. working with our kids for uh, 18 years now, and strong, still going. All right, let's 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 get into these questions. I'm going to start with you, Reggie. Yes, sir. Because you've been teaching for a long-ass time. A long time. <laughs> so, first of all, what made you even want to be a teacher? Because that's not uh, a um, very high demanding job, bro. It's not, but I had some good teachers in my life. Okay. And I think that's what did it for me. And uh, I know what it's done for me in my life. I had some real good, you know, some gangster teachers, the back in the day teachers, you know, you know, splitting the graham crackers in half and fourths and the divisions, the ones that take you in the courtroom and handle the business if you weren't doing right. And, Facts. Um, it just did something for me. It just did something <laughs> for me, man. So I just take pride in the craft and, uh, and I just enjoy it, man. I just enjoy it. No doubt, no doubt. Now, like you said, you had some old school teachers that basically put you on the right path. What do you notice about being that student compared to the students you deal with now? Well, society has changed, man. You know, there's so many things that you can point to, but uh, for me, that social media thing, man, that's, that's changed a lot of the element of what, what we're dealing with right now. and. Um, even the family structure has changed. You know what I mean? I'm thinking about, you know, the rate of uh, single family households have increased. You know what I mean? All those little elements have, have changed. So you have a kid uh, who once was indebted to that teacher so much, the power source has kind of been stripped from teachers now. Okay. And um, that's kind of what I'm seeing. And now you have parents who are not really prepared to be a parent, which is not all their fault because um, family breakdown issues have not been addressed. And now you have kids that are raising kids and you're left with the teachers and the whole uh, the school system to kind of fill in the gaps. And that's kind of where we're at right now. All right, now you, you mentioned something a minute ago about the power structure has changed in regards to teaching. Can you dive a little bit deeper into that? Ah, oh, man, I will have to. I'm looking at the, the uh, more so the, uh, I would have to say the special education system, man. Okay. Um, 
somewhere we have to revisit that man and the criteria of it and you know what are the expectations that we are sending for our kid because i see a lot of good things with it right but i see a lot of areas where it kind of pacifies our kids and our kids are being pushed to the next grade after the next grade after the next grade and they're not really prepared no child so, uh, left behind. It's that no child yes, left sir. behind syndrome that happened. Yes, sir. And yes, that kind of stuck in the school system. Because I have an autistic brother, so mm -hmm. I definitely have seen firsthand how they handle the uh, special needs in regards to kids. And truth be told, my little brother probably learned more at home than he ever learned at school. Mm -hmm. And that's not even being funny. Um, we've also had a lot of our black men misdiagnosed growing up to be put in these LDED special need programs, which I get it. If you don't know how to emotionally attach to or talk to or work with someone from a black community, you're gonna automatically categorize them incorrectly, which is why something like this, what I'm doing right now is so important because we need our black representation, especially our black men. Uh, Mr. Butler. Cause you know, I, I got to start calling you that now because I can't. We, I, okay, so if you've ever listened to TDR as a whole, you know that this this man has grown up with the station. Yeah, I think Hill the Hood and TDR started around about the same year. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. literally, we've been around just as long as he's yeah. been around. Yeah. What specifically is? What are you doing in your program doing in the MPS schools? Or just in the school systems, period. I won't even just limit you to MPS only. Yeah, yeah. And you know you know what? Um, when I first started doing Hill the Hood, and I can remember coming over to Dia House over there off of 60th Street. Right. You know what I'm saying? And having meetings about different things and, um, you know, pushing the podcast and whatnot. So definitely humble beginnings. Um, but right now what we do, uh, what, what got me into the schools, I'll talk about my journey specifically um, at Dr. Howard Fuller Collegiate Academy. Because my journey is so complex as a contract educator, I've been in so many school system and after school programs and um, on college campuses and in middle schools and elementary schools so I've kind of seen the minds of black youth from from middle school on up through college and I can see trauma in all of those areas I can see um, a lack of literacy growth in all of those areas I can see a lack in social emotional connection in all of those areas so primarily when I started working at um, the school this was four years ago um, they needed a black male creative writing teacher and so I had my curriculum at the time we are not poets we are messengers um, and in that curriculum we deal a lot with social justice advocacy um, social emotional exploration and literacy development uh, from there they asked me to come in and do a male mentor group once a week with some of the boys um, because they saw how we were shifting the culture and, and, and how some of the youth was growing um, and from there, that just evolved. It continuously evolved over the years into my now role as our parent liaison and community engagement person. And so my par particular role is how do I bring resources to the household of the kids? How do I bring the community into the school and the school into the community? Because it does nothing to really prepare a child academically for the world outside of high school if you don't get them to understand the social climate of the communities around them. Big facts. You know, so that's, that's, that's the true. goal, man. And we deal with kids who come from, you know, poverty. They come from underprivileged situations. So, you know, we got kids who if they need deodorant, you know what I'm saying? There's people like me and the staff like me on our care team who are going to be there to get that or get shoes or, you know, pants or, you know, so on and so forth. So I love it, man, being an aid and assistant to those in need. Man, I love this role. It, it does get daunting because you take on the traumas of, of yes. everything you're dealing with and being on our care team. So, you know, we got some kids who, you know, they, they deal with self-harm and, you know, different traumas and so on and so forth. But, you know, to be there to help them and coach them through that and provide the proper resources for not just them but the household because a lot of the time it's the household environment that's dimming the light of the child. That's a, it's a, it's a powerful mm -hmm. thing and I love it. Okay. 
Now you have a very unique title. You're gonna have to run that back past me again. He's the man, he the man <laughs> at the school. That's, right, that's, what that's, that's, that's his man. title, the man. You got, you got, man. You got man. some power man. behind your title. So run that back for me one more time. Uh, Director of Administration and Operations. So. What is that? Uh, loosely translated as uh, business manager. Okay. So, um, if you want to get highfalutin with it, it's CFO. You okay. Know, but it's uh, it's basically running the non-academic side of the school. You okay. Know, um, everything from payroll to invoices to facilities, um, odds and ends, uh, stray dogs that show up at the back door. Yeah. You know, I, I deal with it all. So. <laughs> and that's actually true. It was like this sounds like it had to happen. You just don't bring up stray dogs. The stray dogs didn't show up. All right, so what are some of the things that are one of the biggest issues with trying to make sure that the building is running the way it needs to be running? Um, it's it's just keeping costs, uh, you know, at a at a minimum. So you have to mitigate as much cost as you can, while still providing you know, the quality uh, facilities that are needed, you know, to educate kids. And so you don't, you don't want to offer something subpar because everything is related. So if you, if you have, you know, subpar facilities, then mm-hmm. that becomes your brand. Yeah. And, and so that affects your recruiting and that also affects, affects your retention. And so it's, uh, when you're talking about a, a charter school, you know, the, the funding is, based on per pupil but there's a lot that goes into donations and grants and things like that and so it's not you know we we don't have the the coffers that a public school you know would enjoy and so we have to balance you know being able to provide the utmost quality you know at the most uh in the most cost efficient way do you find that something very difficult to do because being the fact that majority of if not all your demographics is catered towards african-american correct correct okay and it is known that if you look at the layout of the city we're very divided right blacks over here and not melanated over there right okay be as pc as possible with this (laughs) (laughs) do you find it more difficult trying to get the community involved in helping with the building in regard to maintaining the cost in regards to it compared to let's say if the school was on 50th and Forest home um yes uh there there is we really haven't reached out you know to the to the community to to help us uh with the building and actually we're looking at you know, a new building, and mm. so when we get it's into that building. It's not on 50, building, 54th home, is it? No, oh, no. Okay. no. <laughs> Just had to make sure I didn't mess up your neighborhood. <laughs> like, oh, shit. <laughs> no, but we're looking, and when we do get into that building, uh, that will be a building that we uh, would own. Okay, that's and what's so, up. And so once we get that point, get to that point, then, yes, we'll be looking for, you know, community involvement because we want to be a presence in the community. Right. And, and the more we give to the community, it'll be like a reciprocal thing. You know, we give to community, community gives back, and, and it's a symbiotic relationship. And so, um, you know, once we make that move, uh, right now we, we lease the building. Okay. And so um, that not, you know, saying that we don't take care of it or that, oh, of course. you know, that diminishes, you know, that, right. that responsibility. But we, it's different when you own it. Exactly. It's like you know, renting a home and owning a home. Right, Absolutely. right, right. You know, uh, and so... Once we get to that level, we would be, you know, uh, able to customize it and, and, and have more flexibility in, in the things that we can do. Right. Right. All right. So while we're talking about community, what's some of just out here for all of y'all, what's some of the most difficult tasks that y'all have had in regards to 
trying to work against the standard that the kids have grown to mm. think that they're supposed to be compared to the message that you want them kids to actually walk away with. Because like you said, social media plays a major factor in how kids think this day and age. Like they'll believe something on social media before they'll believe what their own parents tell them. Like how often do you guys have to battle mm. the thought process like that? I, I can, man, every day, every day, man. You know, it's like, and I think, I think the worst thing is that we're not having the conversations about it. You know, what is the curriculum for that? Right. You know, how do you battle that? How do you how do you decipher the two or explain to a kid the difference between social media and what reality is? And I think that's what we have to put in the education system. I think that's what's definitely missing to have these conversations and, and develop a curriculum and doing things like Hill the Hood and things like that, bringing those type of uh, things into our school systems and having conversations with these kids. So I think that's the start. Okay. Um, it's a couple of different layers, and I ain't going to try to be too long-winded, but um, one of the biggest pieces of opposition in my particular role be the household. Yes, um, Sometimes I deal with real-life black geniuses in these kids. Yes, I mean, sir. I mean, academically on point, morally, they, you know what I'm saying, their character is on point, but they come from household environments. They come from blocks. You know what I'm saying? They come from generational curses um, that literally try to throw water on their fire. Right. You know what I mean? So that's a big hindrance. Um, I was doing some 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 workshops um, over off of 24th and Burleigh with some youth, um, and it was sixth, seventh, and eighth, if I'm correct. Um, and as a creative writing teacher, you know, obviously they're going to be writing prompts and assignments. And as I went around the room, I noticed that some of the kids, like they they handwriting, they spelling ability. You know what I'm saying? So I really, I had to switch up my whole tactic. We couldn't necessarily do this particular writing assignment because they don't even know how to write. Right. So then I had to modify my curriculum from there on out. So that was the issue just like Big Bro said. They didn't They didn't just not learn how to, you know, write and spell simple five-letter words where, there, there, and there, you know, so on and so forth. Um, somebody had them in third grade, noticed that they probably was a little bit, you know, off track, and they just kept on moving. So it is the system. There's a lot of personal accountability, like I said, that come from the household, the block, the community, the village, whatever one may want to call it. But it's a lot of systematic bullshit that hold our kids back, too. Yeah. And I, go ahead. And I would say um, it's a mix between both of those. It's, it's how social media is, because social media is nothing but a bunch of snapshots, it's not even reality. You know, you take 75 takes and then you put your best one out there and then everyone thinks that that's you. Straight up. And they don't see the other 74 where you look way whack, you know. And so, you know, it's and then on top of that, you have the socioeconomic piece um, where you have less college educated homes. Mm -hmm. When I when I was coming up, I grew grew up right across the street from the school I'm currently at. Both my parents were college educated and my father was one of those teachers that you were talking about. He taught third grade at La Follette. Mm, for 40 years no 30 years and so did and he he along with uh mr willington you know they were lifelong friends and they were both black men and they're both black educators not everybody grew up like that my mother has a doctorate in education she was a principal at homestead nicolay menominee falls and so you know not everybody grows up like that so when you're in a home and there's no college educated person in that home there's going to be less of a focus that's put on education facts and so when you come to school, you're not going to understand that when you trick off yeah. your assignments, that is not hurting your teacher. It's, it's hurting you. It's hurting you bad. And it's hurting it's you hurting bad, bad because now, like, like, like uh, Butler say, you know, when you're third grade and you trick off all your assignments and you can't read 
or you're reading at, at a kindergarten level, now they just pass you on a fourth grade. So by the time you get to 12th grade, you're reading at a sixth grade level, you're frustrated, you don't wanna be there, mm-hmm. and then now, you know, you, you, you disrespectful, you disrespectful because you're angry, because you wasn't prepared to be at the level that you are now at. And so what do you do? You just give up. And then next thing you know, you're a statistic. That's good. man. You, you see what I'm saying? And so yes. now yeah. now throw in social media. Yeah. yeah. Now throw in social media on, on top yeah. of all of that. Yeah. And you have to explain to kids that there's there has to be some substance there. Yes. It's like if you want to put an analogy, back in the day they were baking pies. Now we got those clown pies where there's no cake in it, it's just all whipped cream. You know what I mean? And, and people think that that's how it's supposed to be. No, that's not how it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. There has to be some substance there. You have to get past the, the 41 characters, or however many, 141 characters, uh-huh. uh, and you have to get past the 30-second snapshots. You have to have something behind you know, what you represent if you're going to be real with it. And, and I'm, I'm going to add to this, to go back to what both of you brothers said and what my brother said. He said he went came across some, some students that he noticed that were intelligent. They were on genius level. Geniuses. But how are children now currently being diagnosed for intelligence? It's through test scores. Facts. Right. It's through test scores. That really doesn't show your intelligence. So I got a stat right here, blew my mind. It said, uh, to close the achievement gap between black and white students would take an estimately roughly two and a half centuries for that to happen, going at the rate that it's going now. That's 250 years. <laughs> 250 years. Wow. And one thing came to my mind when I first heard that statistic was I thought about how long, particularly, our people have been enslaved. That has not been addressed. Mm-hmm. America has not addressed what it's done to our people. Mm-hmm. That first has to be addressed. Mm-hmm. So we're 200 and 300 something more than that years behind where the, tra- the trauma that my brother was talking about, the emotional distress has been put on our race as a whole has not been addressed. And we left to pull up our bootstraps to say still make it happen. So a lot of we can blame on social media, but we have to go back even further than that. Right. America, if they really want to see a change, America has to address that. And it really yeah. has not formally been addressed. It never will. Because yeah. one thing that I, um, I always say is... The desegregation of the public school system was the worst thing that ever happened to the black community. Okay? Like, and when I used to say it before, people would be look at me like, dog, you don't know what you're talking about, you're stupid. But now when you look at the, now there's numbers out there to prove, like that right there, they have more, they now have more control over how we get educated Mm -hmm. than they ever did before. Because back when we had to take care of our own, Come on, we didn't give a fuck about a curriculum. We taught you what you needed to know. We taught you Bottom what line. we taught you how to read. We taught you how to write, and we taught you why this was important. Then after we got the basics out the way, we taught you how to take care of your family. We taught you how to make your own jobs. Man. We taught you how to take care of your community. Man. Okay, but when they took that away, when we let that happen, where ooh now I can go to white schools, we looked at the fact that yes, our building was falling apart, and yes, our books were old. Ooh, they got new shiny shit over here. So, Let's go over here. Right, right. And we still do that to this day. Right. Because when, right. prime example, I'm a North Division graduate. I would never deny the fact that I went to North Division. But you say North Division to anybody who didn't go there, and they first says, ooh, you went there? Mm-hmm. Like, nigga, have you been in there? That school is dope. You know what I'm saying? Like, my education was dope there. It was a medical 
preparatory school. The best job you can have in this country, my school taught it. And anybody who went through the program, majority of them are doctors right now, kicking major ass. My boy LeVon Cotton is out there killing shit as a doctor. And I'm proud of dog, okay? Mm-hmm. Proud of dog. But we look at the fact that our neighborhood was bad. And now that they changed the school system where it's a neighborhood thing and not you can go where you want to. So now kids who didn't have the opportunity because the communities are not being taken care of because mm-hmm. the communities are being oppressed, they're going to North Division now as their high school and they don't have a I don't give a fuck about school mentality mm-hmm. because this is just something to keep me busy for the day. Mm-hmm. This is mm-hmm. something for mom to tell me get the fuck out the house and don't yep. be back till yep. five. Yeah. Because yeah. you running up her light bill. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Stuff like that. And that's yeah. what it turned out to be. But when right. it was schools like Juno was around. I fucking wanted to go to Juno so bad because they were a business preparatory school. Your one of your very first class your freshman year was how to maintain your finances. Mm. Something I've always said should be in all schools right now. But no, you know what my freshman year? I took two algebra classes for no reasons whatsoever. Mm. I'm sitting here saying to myself, that second algebra class could have been teaching me how to manage money, how to do real estate, how to balance my own books, stuff that would have made me successful. Mm -hmm. But guess what? Because we need a universal thing, it wasn't taught to us. Mm. I was told by a friend of mine, black schools or public schools teach you what to think. Suburban schools teach you how to how think. think. That's good, but man, man, that's man, good. Oh man. Can I? Can I? Can I? Go right ahead, bro. I had to get that piece. off my chest no, because because this this because, is a mine. This is y'all hour. Because I, I, I went to suburban school. Huh? I went to Homestead. Right. I guess you did. Your mom was principal all over the place. <laughs> one thing. Yeah, one ahead. thing I can say true about the historical context of what you were saying um, on an economic, on a social emotional level, and on an education level. Um, we were thriving when we took care of self. See, any mm-hmm. any existence of animal, plant, or human life, uh, it understands preservation of self. Mm-hmm. The animal kingdoms, the the squirrels teach the squirrels, the 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 lions teach the lions. The lions don't teach the baby panthers mm-hmm. how to be baby panthers, even though they are well in their cat family. So when we were taking care of ourselves, like you say, even though it might have been a one room shack where everybody was learning off the mm-hmm. same textbook and we mm-hmm. had chalk and little blackboards, Miss mm-hmm. Johnson, who lived up the street from us, was really invested in our education because Miss Johnson, who stayed up the street, knew that if she can get us to be engineers and believe in our blackness and everything, mm-hmm. then we can help to maintain the standard of our community. So it does nothing to integrate the students if you don't integrate the teachers as well. So we put our kids amongst wolves and we put them in school systems where they was being called niggers now. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Well, prior to Mr. Johnson and Mr. Smith or, you know, Miss Wilson, mm-hmm. who taught the math class and the grade school class and everything, called them beautiful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now they torn mm-hmm. down because even though they may have the answer, they raise their hand. They better not raise their hand amongst them. They might get beat up during recess. Just might. You know what I'm saying? Are oh, you trying to think you're smarter than us, nigger? You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So we killed our kids when we put them amongst wolves to be educated. You know what I'm saying? So that's a heavy pack and a heavy thing. And same with the economic piece too, because you can't really address social economics and, and, and social education. You know, the, the two go hand in hand, if you will. And the same thing, we have businesses that flourished. When it was just us taking care of ourselves. I've been teaching my seniors at the school um, about Black Wall Street. And it's crazy because some of them have no idea about Black Wall Street. So, you know, I'm taking them step by step. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? We're going to learn what started Black Wall Street, how they grew Black Wall Street, why it was destroyed, so on and so forth. But what I told them, the primary reason Black Wall Street that we studied was built was because we got kicked out of everything else. So we came together and we said, fuck it, we're going to do it by ourselves. Mm. 
and we built an empire with Black Wall Street. And so, Facts. you know, again, the economics and the finances as well as that education, when you deal with it systematically, it was never designed for us to operate within this system. Just like they say, the system ain't broken, it's doing what it was meant to do. Yes, yes sir. I think, I think uh, the desegregation happened because of this. And I know from secondhand knowledge uh, from my parents, my mother went to a one-room school. My father did too. And yes, what used to happen was that uh, their school would get the secondhand books and they would have nigger written in them because the, the, the white kids knew they were giving them to a black school. So they would write all kind of crazy stuff in it and they would have to use that. And so what was happening was they were getting the homegrown teaching and that relatability and that love. But what they weren't getting was access to you know the the higher education facilities and the universities mm-hmm. where all the laboratory equipment and all the uh, everything else was and so that's why desegregation had to happen and so y- yes what was lost was that family touch was that relatability because now you have you know uh uh black and brown kids in in front of someone that may not relate to their experience yes, and so because I don't relate to your experience, you know, I don't have that same connection. Mm-hmm. And and you multiply that, you know, with the with the home life that changes and all that stuff. And now you have a lot of classroom management issues. Mm-hmm. You, you, yes, back in the day, like my mother used to tell me <laughs> she didn't she taught at Parkman back in the 60s. They didn't have those classroom management issues. No. Nah. Because the kids in there knew that, you know, uh, Miss Miss Beer loved me. Mm-hmm. She might get on me. Mm-hmm. She might tell me about myself. But if I'm hungry, she's going to make sure I'm fed. Mm-hmm. You know, sure. and so they didn't have all those classroom management issues. But, you know, that's, like you say, it's a byproduct of trying to get to those higher education and the better facilities and the better, right. you know, curriculums, access. better access, you know, in, in the higher degrees. That, that was a byproduct. That's what we lost. All right. Okay. Saying it like that. We, we, we needed yeah. some desegregation yeah. Yeah. But I think we took advantage of seeing Instead of saying okay you got good shit Let's get some good shit over here right. We said okay let's go and participate In your good shit instead right. Right. Leaving the whole Oh it's the grass is greener over here But not realizing you were just supposed to go over And learn what they use for their fertilizer Right. That's that's where that's where we lost it at. We were just supposed to go learn. Oh, this is what y'all use. Okay, hey, this is what they use. (laughs) Let's let's find a way to make our own though, so we can also make money and sell it to them. That's where we lost a lot of our stuff at, and I think that's where we need to get back into the school system, because one of the things I noticed was um, I was listening to Trevor Noah. Uh, his autobiography, his very first one, and he was talking about uh, school systems in Jamaica because, you know, he's half Jamaican mm-hmm. or not Jamaican, half South African, my fault. Who the fuck was Jamaican? I don't know. But, <laughs> so, and the way that some of the schools in Africa are actually set up is kindergarten through first grade is taught at home mm-hmm. with the parents, but they're provided the educational tools they need. So mom get up, go to schools, get what they need, Kindergarten, first grade, they're taught. First grade through sixth grade is grade school. It's basic grade school. All your basic arithmetic and everything is taught there. Seventh through 10th grade is what we would consider as high school. Mm-hmm. So everything you learn in middle school and high school are crammed in those years. Mm-hmm. 11th and 12th grade is what we would call MATC. Mm-hmm. You, will, you had to learn a trade mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. you graduated. Mm-hmm. Now, regardless of what that trade was, that's up to you. But before you left and you got what you would consider your high school diploma, you had a skill in something. That's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I always thought that like this would be something that would be great over here in America because 
majority of kids don't want to stay in high school because they see no purpose of it. Right. You, like you said earlier, we already have kids who they wasn't taught properly. They were just pushed along. So now when they get up to this high school, they are asking, well, what is this going to teach me in life? We used to harass our math teacher in the 10th grade that every time he got ready to teach us a lesson, he had to explain, what is this going to do for me in life? Right. Like every single day, you had to give us a purpose for us to learn that or else we were taking a nap. <laughs> Fool. Right. No, no, for no, no. We 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 weren't gonna act a fool because some people care. But the smart kids, that's exactly what we said. It was like, dog, what is this gonna teach me in life? Right. It got to the point that he had to change his whole teaching style to make sure that whatever we were going over that day, this is what it's gonna do for us. Yeah, that's good and stuff. he came across at least about three weeks worth of work where he's like, y'all will never use this. Mm. All right, dog, we feel taking that. Wake us up when the bell rings, mm. and he let us sleep because he knows that this is. A requirement. One thing I like about our school, um, yeah, and, and we do it with the again, as a part of the community engagement piece, we bring in community members in different industries, and they teach what's called our elective course uh, right. once a week. So we got sewing class. They be in there making bonnets and do rags and pillows, and she teach them how to make garments. We got a yoga class. Um, uh, uh, Carney come in and teach the class. Yes, sir. Uh, we got yoga. We have typing. We got. A STEM class. In the STEM class, they building video games. So they making two right. D video games. Uh, what am I missing, Beer? What else do we got for the for the? Oh, uh, we have uh, financial. Oh yeah, the Operation Flex. Yep, Flex Financial STEM. We got the AOTA class. We got STEM class. Yep, the STEM with the video game. But then Eugene, he come in and he teach the kids. He got a building course. You tiny know house. They made a tiny house. He that taught them everything good. from installation to mm. how to build a foundation. Mm. I, it, I was so happy for them kids last year because they had an issue. They had too many tools and not enough storage space for them. So they had to pause the tiny house mm. and start to build some storage space for themselves so they could be more progressive and productive in their mm. process. It was dope. Man, See, we got that, class. that right there, that's what's missing. It was that's dope. Missing. If you bring that dope. in high school, as long as kids get whatever they require 25 credits, they can take all that shit mm -hmm. they want. Mm -hmm. And I right. guarantee you a lot of kids would have more more expectations of themselves if they had these kind of mm -hmm. options. Absolutely. You know, like mm -hmm. not tonight because you go to work at Milwaukee College yeah. Prep, yeah. but everybody ain't made for college. Man. They, they not. Man. I'm not going to lie to you. We get we we have so many schools and so many people who push college is the alternative. College is the goal. College is the goal. Then you get all these kids that get in college and then they get there and they don't know what the hell they're supposed to do here. Now they leave in college with only two years under their belt, but twenty thousand dollars of debt that they don't have no way to pay yes, for. Yes, now, sir. now, one thing I like about our school, and I ain't trying to hog it or nothing, but it's so dope because we we focus on sending our kids to and through college. We we focus on preparing them for that. But because we have these courses, we also show them different options. And that's so what though I we gonna prepare them to say when you graduate mm -hmm. high school, you are gonna have at least one college acceptance letter. So if you mm -hmm. want that education, go ahead and push on that. But we need to build them socially. We need to build them culturally. We right. need to build them, you know, and all. And so that that beautiful blend is something dope. And that's why yeah. I, that's why I've been at my school for as long as I've been there. It's a dope environment. And we need yeah. more we need more curriculums like that because yeah. as much as I want my kids to go to college too, mm -hmm. because it's getting to the point where to get a basic job these days, they're looking for college graduates. Mm -hmm. And that's how they're weeding out these applications because the demand for a decent job is so high. So, I mean, at my job, to just get a step above where I am, they're telling people we need a bachelor's degree. Like, bruh, you don't need a bachelor's degree to do this. But that's what they're starting to ask as requirements. And what it's doing is it's making a lot of people not even attempt to apply. So there's less people applying for it, so that's less people they have to go through. And then the ones who have the bachelor's degree, they're either their backs against the wall saying, well, I need this promotion because I got these bills to pay for 
even yeah. though if I walk away from this job, I could probably find something that would pay me twice as much, yeah, right, but right, I can't yeah. take that risk because life is rough. Yeah. Right. You know? Yeah. And that's yeah. not fair. I, I would say this too, um, and I learned this, you know, from being around educators all my life. Some kids open their gifts later than others. Mm-hmm. And so I, I was a late gift opener. When I was in high school, you know, I made C's, even in college, even undergrad, I made C's, B's, maybe a D yeah, here and there, too. you know. <laughs> right, right, right. Gave up on computer science. But uh, when I got to grad school, I got all A's because mm. something clicked for me. Mm. You know, it started making sense. Mm-hmm. And so I, I graduated grad school with all A's. And so the thing about it is that, you know, like, like what Butler was saying, our school is noticing exactly uh, what, what you said is that there has to be a dual track, has to be a dual track. And that's what we're focusing our programming on. Cause like I said, we're moving to a new building that's going to have more space and opportunity. And we're focusing on that business technology yes. and, and also, yes. you know, mm-hmm. that, that trade, yes. that, you know, learn a trade. If, if you're not into college right now, but you might be into college when you're 27. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if you get a trade right now, at least you'll have something that you can build on. Right. Yeah. Because as men, you know, we always have to keep building. Yeah. We can never stop building. You know, I'm, I've been married 15 years, and I don't know if y'all married or not, Ooh. but any not woman, me. any Ladies, woman, <laughs> Butler's available, y'all. Butler's available. Check his Facebook page. Uh, <laughs> but any woman worth her salt is going to want a man that's building something. Yes, sir. Right. And if we can, and, and you know what? To answer our earlier question, if we can get kids to start building a career instead of settling for a job, you know how many kids come yeah. in my office and what you doing after yeah. school, what you doing after high school? Man, I'm gonna just get a job. It's like really, what kind of you gonna work at Walmart? You gonna clean out the back of a truck? You know, it's like, yeah. what is your career? Right. Because now, if we can get them a career when they have kids, mm-hmm. not only are those kids are gonna be off better economically, but they're gonna instill the same values. Mm-hmm. In their case, so when they come to your classroom, mm-hmm. Mr. Riley, they're going to have a different mindset. mindset. And so that's mindset. where it starts. So we can turn mindset. them around so that they can start building something. Right. It'll translate. Now, since we're here and we talk in college, mm. and I'm going to go back to you, Mr. Riley, because mm-hmm. you are at the college prep school. Do you feel like the curriculum at your particular school is geared towards only getting them to college? Or are they giving them alternatives to look like, let's keep it realistic here, not everybody's made for college? Mm -hmm. Or are they saying, you know what, everybody's going to get to college regardless, and this is what we're going to do? Man, that is is a wonderful question. And and what's what's crazy about it, our very last staff meeting was about that topic. And we had to come to realization, is college for everybody? And no, it's not. And we've come to that, that, that agreement that it's not. So what are we going to do about it? And which was a major thing because our name is, it has college, college prep. So how do you change that? But it's something that's necessary, that definitely needs to happen. But uh, I go back to what he was saying about the beautiful blend of having both. I was looking at a test that my scholars took and all 25 of them got a particular answer wrong. Mm. And I had to research, I had to go back and say, what tripped them up so much on this particular problem? And it's vocabulary, y'all. It's vocabulary. There was, there was something in the question, I think the word was canoe. 
and had my students knew that canoe was a boat, they would have got that answer right. And that's what these tests are doing. That's right. what these state tests are doing. Man. They're using they're using <laughs> things that we have not been exposed to. Or the way we look at stuff. Or the way we look at stuff. Because one of the questions, I was a younger kid. I don't know if it's on the SATs anymore, but it's a question that has always stuck with me. The question was, if a kid hits you on the playground, what do you do? Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. Now the three answers are hit them back, tell a teacher, or let it go. Mm. There is no wrong answer when you really think about it, because how was you raised? Mm-hmm. A lot of kids are taught someone hit you, you hit them back. Right. But if you go and you put that as the answer on the, on the SATs or at the test of the time I took, you would only get maybe a one or two point. Correct. Whereas in you go tell a teacher, you got a 10. So in our community, what's the one of the biggest things that are always told as a kid? And then snitches get stitches. So you can't go tell a teacher because the person who just got in trouble gonna come at you ten times over. Mm-hmm. They may have just been bullying you that day because they were bored, but now they really finna pesterize you for the whole year. <laughs> or if you hit them, you get in trouble too. And in some cases, you are the only one that get in trouble as a black man. Even mm-hmm. though you know little Timmy mm-hmm. over here started, mm-hmm. but we seen you hit him. So you're the bad one in this case, you know? And I look, and like you said, words that are used sometimes make a big difference. Mm-hmm. I'm, I actually forgot about the fucking word canoe. Because <laughs> do we, we don't go canoeing. Right. We don't go canoeing. Canoeing is not part of our right. natural habit. Right. We don't go into the woods and stay there all right. night. No, that's right. camping. That's growing up in the inner city. Nobody camps. <laughs> but you mentioned this to these kids and you put it in the exams and it's like. Right. But then these exams will come back and be like, oh, these kids are not smart. Yeah. Like, no, 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 no. Right. The, the verbiage is different. And then let's be honest, African-Americans create language, vocabularies, cultures, trends mm-hmm. all the time. You create it. You're yeah. like, so what one word means to us might not be nowhere near what you ever think it would be. Right. You know, I just found out the other day through a podcast I just picked up what frosting means. You look confused just like I do. Right. Basically, frosting means you get so high that you're at the top of the mountain where everything is frosty. <laughs> wow. Yeah, wow. you know. Wow. I just thought I was old. But then it dawned on me, no, the language changes all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when it comes to exams like this, I can't expect, I can get, I can see where vocabulary is a big issue. Yeah. yeah. I can see where English is a problem for a lot of people because English is the only thing that we're taught that has so many variables to it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. even like, oh, okay, you know, you spell it this way, but if this letter is here, it's spelled this way instead, or if it's these five people this way, but just because the word that looks like this word is spelled this way, this word is spelled a different way. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I can see how that can confuse our people. Yeah, comprehension, man. And then you, what's crazy about it, you penalized for your intelligence for that. Just because you didn't comprehend or you didn't understand it or you're not culturally aware with it. And can we say that's fair? Can we say that's a fair for every kid that has to take this test across America, knowing that every kid doesn't have mm. the same experience? Facts. Can we say that's fair? Mm. No, it's not. Mm. It's not. But this is the standardized method that they want to use to judge everybody. Because if you give people the actual way to just say, hey, this is what you need to do to get from A to B, you'll see more black people succeeding in places where white folks fail. Because the same friend who dropped that knowledge on me earlier also said when she went to college, 
she sat down in a classroom full of white kids and realized how freaking dumb they really are. Wow. Because there's a lot of things that they never had to worry about that they can't kind of, they basically don't understand basic comprehensions of stuff. Mm-hmm. Things that we take for granted because it's already instilled into us because of big mama or our aunties or our granddads or people who are not always our direct parents put into us that we don't always give credit to. But then with them, because they've been spoon-fed everything and all you have to do is A, B, C, D, when it comes to real-life situations, they don't know how to handle them like we do. Mm-hmm. So, But what, what, what Big Bro was just saying about that vocabulary piece, again, having a, the spoken word and creative writing curriculum um, is, 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 is interesting sometimes. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times I go into an environment, I'm like, okay, I'm going to teach the same you know, substance per se, but I got to totally switch up how I do it mm. because I see they can't mm. even read the, the assignment that's on the board. Mm. Or, you know, I got a week in my curriculum where we focus on alliterations and tongue twisters. You know what I'm saying? Some of them can't even read. the. That's mm. just too, that's a sensory overload. You know, yeah. you got all of these yes, words and they start with the same letter, then I can watch them get discouraged because they can't say Sally sell, she sell, by the seashore, you know, this type of thing. They get discouraged because it's a sensory overload to them. Right. Um, shameless plug, that's why I'm working on these children's books. You know what I'm saying? These A. Butler, L. LLC children's mm-hmm. book because mm-hmm. it's, it's designed to boost the literacy esteem and the self-esteem of, of children. One thing um, statistics show is that only 10% of children's books have children of color in them. Facts. More children's mm-hmm. books have faces of animals in them than they do children of color. Mm-hmm. Um, so so the particular work that I'm working on is <laughs> is designed to combat that. You know what I'm saying? And really rewrite the narrative on that because I'm as a, as a speaker, as a public speaker, as a spoken word artist, as an educator, I want my child to Man. have a brain out of this world. Like, Man. I want him to be articulate. I want him to be intelligent. Still be, you know, I don't want him to uh, be, what's the word I'm looking for? Know it all or this, that, and the third. But I want him right. to know that he does know it right. all right. If, he so, if he so right. chooses to get that game. Right. You know, um, and you see, Tone, you done seen me since, since my son was an arm baby. Right. You know what I'm saying? So you done watched him from an arm baby. Now he got his own business, you know, yeah. selling his products. And, shout you know, out his mother helps him write books and everything like that. So, a shout out to her book. Exactly. She actually just dropped her book, so definitely check out Tia, the Tia Love material. Um, so, you know, again, I don't want to take up too much time on that, but that's that's huge. I'm big on literacy development amongst children of color because readers are leaders, and when you read more, yo, you can you can explore the world for real. Right. And I just want to say this. Um, I, I don't think intelligence or even dumbness knows race. That's right. Yeah. That's right. You know, yeah. I think the thing that separates any 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 body of people society of people is development and the power of thought or the power of suggestion mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know what i learned in in grad school in fine in finance is that if a society believes that there is a recession they can actually bring on a recession even when there's not one mm-hmm. just through the belief of it mm-hmm. because they'll start acting mm-hmm. as if it's a recession mm-hmm. and the next thing you know three quarters later you're in a recession and so it's the same thing with our people if we tell you that you're dumb, if we tell you that you're less than, you're not going to be nothing, you know, you can't think, you know, like like Tommy can, you can't think, you know, uh, like, like another kid, you're going to believe that. And, and like you said, there's a lot of geniuses in the hood, there's a lot of geniuses in our cities, in our, in our schools, but they have to be developed, and they not only developed, but they have to be made aware mm-hmm. that their brain is just like any other brain. That's good, that's good, that's right. good. If, that's good. if it's not better than, any, than, than other brains. And, and once they believe that, 
then you know look throughout history like charles drew and 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 all the inventions that came from black folks that lets you know right there the only difference is that we were told that we weren't as smart and we believed it and and we we believed it right but hey we were told that we could jump high Right. Now, how many kids are trying to get in the NBA? You preaching. True. You, preach <laughs> you see, you we told we were athletic. We, we told we, we could run fast. Right. But we weren't told that we could read. Right. Because if I'm not mistaken, prior when the IQ, before the IQ test actually became a big thing, it was tested on schools and the black kids were excelling in regards to it. They had to go back and readjust the actual mm. way they did it which is where they started now creating the learning disabilities and the, edu- and the emotional disability factors, which is why so many black males in school started falling in these categories. Mm-hmm. That's when they started changing, like that test you were talking about mm-hmm. where the word was different. Mm-hmm. Same thing, but they changed up the words because now it started making us, because that's things we don't experience, look dumb. So now if you have more and more people saying, well, your kid is ADHD or ADD, or your child has a learning disability, we never heard that before, so we're gonna believe it because a professional told us this. And then now all of a sudden, we're less and less aspiring to be scholars and inventors and creators. We're more going to be athletes, more workhorses in in particular Mm -hmm. situations. All because someone, like you said, the verbiage that was used changed up the meaning to us. Man, I was I was consulting with his mother one time. Um, she reached out to me. Her son was just cutting up his grades and this, that, and the third. And she wanted to, um, <clears throat> excuse me, she wanted to, like, the school was talking about label him and, you know, mm-hmm. give him the pills mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. But she didn't want to do that. But she didn't have no other. I said, listen, mama, I said, what I want you to do is this. I said, I want you to have him start to do word searches. You and him do word searches in the morning. When you wake up, get his brain on that. I said, Mama, get some puzzles going in the household. Mama, get some memorization oh, games man. going on in the household, okay? I said, Mama, I want you to get that child enrolled in martial arts and everything. I said, Mama, you might have to get out there on that martial arts tip, too, so he can see you, you know what I'm saying, doing your thing. I said, but what you're going to start to do is redirect his energy and redirect how his brain is wired. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I do with my son, I noticed that every morning he was getting up and he'd go right to that TV. And I was like, no, we, I, had to, I had to stop that immediately. Mm-hmm. This was like a year or so ago. So I started buying crossword books. I started buying, buying word search books and whatnot and telling him, you ain't even got to find all 30, but just find me 10 of those 30 words before you start watching your TV. And he'll sit down and do it. He'll be like, Dad, I done found 20 words. You know what I'm saying? So I gave this sister a handful of strategies. Um, and when I check in with her, she said she didn't go to ride of the school. She started to do the martial art in the box. She got him in boxing, as a matter of fact. And she started to do different um, mental development, you know, uh, activities with him. So sometimes it's about how you nurture in on your kids. Yes. Sometimes they say yeah. it, it's not about kids not learning. It's about parents not teaching. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. For you said a mouthful, man. Yeah. And, and statistics say, shout out to Malika, early center, where, yeah. my, where my kid goes. Yeah. But they man, take, I've been trying to get my kid in there. Man, <laughs> they take pride in K-4 through third grade because they realize that those are the fundamental grades right, right. to get your kid on level. Statistics mm-hmm. say if they're not on level by third grade, they'll never be on level. But if they are, they will be for life. Right. That's why they use third grade test scores to determine how many prisons. How many prisons. Right. Exactly. All that is, is, is serious. So... So how parents to combat that? What are you? What are we doing in those fundamental grades? K four, K five. You got to be sitting down with at your home. child. You got to be looking at their homework. You got to be doing their vocabulary with them. You got to do the spelling words with them. That's stuff that just has to be done. 
parents, you have to do that. That's just, it's just, it's a no brainer because your child will suffer from that mm-hmm. if they don't. Facts. Mm-hmm. Big facts. That's good. That's why I'm trying. That's why I had to get my oldest into Spanish immersion because I need you to start working on your second language now. Right now. Because mm-hmm. Spanish is going to be the dominating language in America within the next 10 years anyway. Like literally, if you don't know Spanish, you're missing out on a lot of conversations that's going on, which means you're missing out on money. (laughs) At the end of the day, you're missing out on money. So I made sure she's in there. Now that she's in there, my youngest will be in there. And I don't give a care if you two are running around the house cussing me out in Spanish because daddy's being strict. The fact that you can do it, man. Okay. (laughs) The fact that you can do it. Yeah. And, and the funny part was when I first started doing this, I remember some of my coworkers laughing. I was like, why do you want your kids just to go to learn the Spanish so they can just earn a dollar more than we do? No, no, no. It's more than that. Because first of all, my kids are going to create businesses. That's right. Because like, first of all, they're taking this over. They already claimed it. So when daddy gets too old and he can't hear out his left ear no That's more, right. come on, come they on. already yeah. said, all right, we got you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they only four and six. Yeah. But no, let, I want to get on focus here because mm-hmm. I know I, I can get off track easily. Our um, black males in school. Yeah. yeah. What's some of the biggest difficulties and concerns that you've had dealing with the black male students? Because mm-hmm. those are our biggest targets. Because mm-hmm. Mr. 18 years <laughs> down there. Because I know you've seen a lot. Man, do you? You want me to be frank? Be honest, bro. I'm going to be frank. It's the black mamas, I'm going to be honest with you, is what I'm combating the most. Okay, run it down. And everybody wants the best for their child, no doubt. Rather, if you know how to do that properly or not, you want the best for your child. And it's, it's what I'm seeing now, as I'm seeing these kids that I'm seeing our labels are being put on them. Mm-hmm. Um, they're being medicated, and we don't know what the, we don't even know what that medication is doing to them. Twelve, thirteen years down the line, is it developing addictive habits and all this stuff that hasn't even been studied? But we know there's some hidden dangers behind that. But parents have left the school to take care of their responsibilities. And when your child is not doing properly, if he's not doing what he needs to do, we can't go buy him Air Jordans. We can't go out and get him a tablet. We can't reward negative behavior or when your kid is not performing in school. There's the underlying issue that I'm dealing with on a daily basis because I'm sitting down with parents and I'm showing where your kid is at and how we can get them there, how we achieve this achievement gap. I need you to do this for me at home. I need you to do this for me. And the kid knows when kid, when everything's to you, social media, when kid has everything that they need from social media and they're getting it from their mother and they have no responsibility or no standard at home for educational expectations, it becomes nothing to the kid. It becomes nothing to the kid. And then I'm stuck with the parent mad at the school mm-hmm. when my baby ain't doing what's right. Mm-hmm. When my baby's not doing what's right, it's the school's fault. And parents, not all parents, because there's some very good parents, but parents are leaving that responsibility to the school. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of mm-hmm. what I'm stuck with. And 
I don't know what the solution is for that. I don't know what the solution is for that. How do we put the ball back in the parents' court? I don't know where that begins. How 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 do we fix that? So I, I got a mouthful to be spoken on now, and I ain't even gonna lie. <laughs> we here now. What, let's what, go. What, what, what <laughs> let's I, go. What my challenge is is challenging the standard of black manhood amongst the boys that I work with. Okay. Because they want to be gangsters and thugger yeah. thuggers and shooters and looters and you know what I'm saying, so on and so forth. I had a situation one time. I came in. I'm in, I'm monitoring the class. We had a new uh, a new staff member start at the school, so I'm just sitting in the class checking in. And she's trying to redirect this one particular young man. And he, you know, he getting snooty with her, so on and so mm-hmm. forth. Okay, I'm watching, I'm watching. She tried to redirect him again. He get a little bit more. So, hey, 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 chill out, little bro. So, I'm watching. Now, he banging his fist on his desk, right? He banging, he mad that I done checked him because I checked him right. cold in front of right. the whole class. I said, step in this hallway. I put him in the corner. I said, listen, you want to fight? I said, tell me how you feel right now. You want to fight because I put you back in line? I said, you know, you was out of pocket. Right. You don't talk to no other teacher like this in this you building, you and pocket. you never would do it. Right. So don't get mad at me. So I said, if you want to fight, we can fight right here. If that's what you want to do. He, he laughed. He smiled. He said, Mr. Butler. Did it. I said, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. I said, go back in there and chill, fam. I said, and don't have that type of reaction. But what I showed him was that anger don't have to be the immediate reaction to correction. Yes, sir. As black men, we think that when somebody, if I correct my brother, I'm, man, don't talk to me. Right. I done, told, I done right. came to young brothers and told them, like, right. hey, you must. I'll slide him a bar of deodorant. Like, you know, just keep this in your locker. They, oh, they, they, that right. wasn't me. That wasn't, hey, no, I'm just helping you out, little brother. When a brother, when a black man helps another black man, it ain't always because I'm looking down on you right. or, you know right. what I'm saying, but they have right. this twisted concept of manhood. Right, but that's because a lot of people have, they won't let men learn how to express themselves. Right. So if you can't express yourself even in, like, your sad moments, they don't know how to do nothing but be angry. Absolutely. All the time. Absolutely. They don't know how to do nothing but be angry all the time, so they feel like they have to lash out for every single thing that they do. Mm-hmm. Like, if, if, if I'm not being respected, then I'm gonna lash out at you. And it's not that you being disrespectful, like you said, you just say, hey bruh, I can either let you walk around here and funk up the whole yeah, school and yeah, have bro. everybody or, 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 man or, or ribbing you. When I told that brother, I, I, told, I, saw, I taught him how to think long term. Yeah. I said, yeah. I'm hollering at you in private. I said, the other kid's gonna rib you in public. That's gonna right. hurt your feelings. That's gonna right. make you feel some type of way. Right. You're gonna act some type of way. So I said, just take this and put yeah. it in your right. locker. If you need it, you need it. If you don't, you know what I'm cool. saying? Whatever. Save mm-hmm. it. You know? Right. Or pass it to the next person that's pass funky. Pass it to the next person that's You know what I'm saying? That and way you feel you look good now. Right. And then I wanted to say, too, kind of to my brother's point, and I, I try to make it as, as you know quick as possible, per se. Like, we do take on so many issues where the household lacks. I can't tell y'all how many kids come to all of our offices. You got something to eat for us. You got something. Do you, you know what I'm saying? At the front office, they come at our school and they get their they feminine hygiene products when it's that time of the mm-hmm. month. I get girls who they got to come every day because they don't have none at home. Right. They literally don't have none at home. So they, you know what I'm saying? This mm-hmm. is a saving grace to mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So they ain't got to use tissue yeah. or whatever, you know what I'm saying, yeah. means they got to do to get it. So what I say as a solution is I got to keep living my authentic self. I really got That's a story it. on how I get it out the mud. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of my kids, I try to show them, I'm not too far off from where y'all at. Mm-hmm. Stay focused mm-hmm. on getting that money with mm-hmm. your education. Stay right. focused on building your character. Stop being so, so mm-hmm. you know, tighten yourself up some, pull your, pull your pants up. Young lady, stop being so, you know, so loose and how, how you operate and whatnot. So I just try to be my authentic self and hope that the light that I shine on them is a little bit deeper than the darkness that comes from the environment. You know what I'm right. saying? It got to be a lifestyle. When you an educator in these schools, you can't just teach one plus one is two. Right. My brother work in our finance department, but how many kids come to your office all the time? They might just want to chat, check in. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's more than you got to be a mentor. You got to be a doctor. You got to be a healer, a therapist, so on and so forth. And y'all don't get paid enough for doing all that. No. Man, listen. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. Uh, the ladies that I had in here earlier when we uh, did part one, one of them said something that 
still stuck with me, even though it was just not too long ago, but it, it, it was the truth. It was like, you don't become a teacher because you're trying to get a job for payment. It's a calling more than anything. Mm-hmm. And you've been doing it for 18 years. Yeah. And I, I know for a fact there was days you probably like, man, fuck this shit, I'm out. <laughs> but you of- know it's a lot of people that also depends on you yeah, too. Like right. if you decide not to come to work that Monday, you know it's at least three kids in your class that might act a damn fool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're going. Yeah. Going back to what my brother said though, but it's all built on the, the big R word. I keep telling you, it's the relationships that you establish with kids. That's everything. What a kid won't do for their own self, they might do it for you. Mm-hmm. If the relationship is good enough. And I found out out in education that, okay, dang, this kid, when he came into my class, she, he or she wouldn't even do this for her own self. They wouldn't do this homework. They wouldn't try this hard on this test. But when we establish this relationship, like my brother just said, understand that we go through it together. And then I actually really love you. You understand? Mm-hmm. Now, they doing stuff that you would, they would have never thought mm-hmm. they would do. For you. Mm-hmm. Right. For you. That's a good teacher. That's good. And that's more right. teachers that yeah, we that's need. Good. That's right. what's missing. And that's what I had back in the days. Those are the teachers that I had that made me become, wanted to become a teacher. And that's the missing element now. Now we got people that are coming for a paycheck. They got a paycheck. And then we got other, black and white, white teachers with good intent who have the great heart. I've seen white teachers that have better hearts than black teachers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But they just, they cannot, um, they're not culturally aware. They cannot. Relate. The the kid is always going to see them as you white and I'm black. It's just going to be that way. Mm -hmm. So, relationships if you're not in it to teach and you can't have a relationship you understand that it's all about relationships first that you not built for that occupation mm, facts yeah. big facts I, I would say uh, you use the word that i was thinking about this whole time and that word is love yeah. mm-hmm. and in our society you know as a whole love is you know it's not a priority it's not first second it's not even a tertiary thing it's 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 a bygone conclusion. It's a foregone conclusion. And it's all about survival. It's all about image. It's all about one-upmanship. It's all about, like you said, being tough, you know, uh, you know, being violent, being aggressive, and making sure you get yours and making sure you don't, you know, end up with the short end of the stick. Mm-hmm. And a lot of our, you know, black young males, you know, need to be taught love. Yes. 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 Because it pains me to see how they treat some of our females, yes. our black females. Yes. Yes. They get in an argument or, you know, it, and it gets physical. It's like, why are you hitting, why are you hitting a woman? Why are you hitting a female? Mm-hmm. But they've never been taught. Yeah. They've never been taught. And it's okay to get a hug. Yeah. Like you said, it's okay to say I'm sad. It's okay to say, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm down today. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't make you weak. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make you soft just because you shed a tear. Actually, that makes you more of a man than anything. It makes you more of a man. The, the ability to say I'm sorry makes you a man. Yeah. You know, because it's easy to just run roughshod over people and, and act like nothing bothers you. And, and, you know, you just above, you know, the law. You above apologies. You know, you just ride or die. Right. You know, that's, that's easy. What's hard is to come back to somebody after you were dead wrong and look them in the eye and say, you know what? I'm sorry, man. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's a workshop. <laughs> that that, that really, alone that is, is a workshop. That's a workshop. That with that. I'm, That's I'm a workshop. This empowerment. I'm I mean, this empowerment mental health. See, I'm I mean, serious. Really it, sitting it, down and just it. teaching men to say, "Hey, bro, 
I fucked up. Yep. Mm. Like <laughs> I was wrong. That right. Alone. That letter. Accountability. You know I'm a set of fish. Accountability. You know, Accountability. Believe me, married men would be like, bruh, sometimes I just say I'm sorry and I don't even know what I'm sorry for, bruh. It's just, it makes life <laughs> that much more easier. Straight so, up. <laughs> so you need to learn at a young age. Especially when you marry. Right. So, <laughs> I'm sorry, baby. I, I won't do it again. Go go back to your boys. Hey, man, what, what, what happened? I don't know, bruh. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I did, bro. Just be happy we here at the bar now. Shit. <laughs> nah, but I don't want to keep you guys any longer because I know for a fact we can keep going on this. Uh, I want to ask this one last question. As male teachers or black male influences in, in the school, what is something that you wish that you had the capability of doing more that you don't have the capability of doing now? I would say what we're doing right now, what we're mm-hmm. talking about, having these conversations with the kids, man, it, it, it bites me, it hurts me sticking to this curriculum, teaching math, teaching social studies, teaching reading, without addressing these underlying issues that's right in front of my face. And I gotta pretend, and we gotta pretend together that they don't exist, because I gotta do this, I get math in between, eight, before eight o'clock, I get reading in before nine, and I gotta do this, because I got all these people in over my back to make sure that I'm giving you this information that you really not prepared to receive mm-hmm. because right. of what happened last night. Because you got to debrief. Yeah, you got to debrief from last night. Right. Because, right. mm-hmm. like, bringing up a good point, like, mm-hmm. we all know, like, last yeah, weekend, right we, we lost a basketball legend and his daughter. Yes, sir. Uh, as well as other people. And I know for a fact that because it happened on Sunday, mm. Monday was rough. Ooh, it was on. rough. Right. It was yeah. rough. Grief was in the air. Right. You, you, yeah. and, and you get people who are like, you don't know him, so why do you care? And other people right. is like, dog. Right. This is, a, this is our hoop dream. Like you said, we a lot of kids are taught that you can jump high, you can run fast, you can put mm-hmm. a ball in the hoop. Mm-hmm. So these are your goals. So if anything, this was probably a lot of people's role models. Absolutely. Hero. You know, they were a hero. He, he didn't even go to college. He jumped straight from high school to the pro. Mm-hmm. And we seen him grow, grow up. Mm-hmm. Like, really did. So now I know for a lot of people, like, last Sunday, I canceled so many recordings because I just – I couldn't talk about half the no. shit we were supposed to talk about. Not like, nah, I couldn't. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I had to cancel a lot of stuff, which is why I recorded like eight people today. But, but, think but about, how did the schools, like, how did y'all handle with the kids? And to be honestly, but honest, I think we have some things that are going on. We have small group activity where we, we talk about life situations, not like they need to be, and not as much as we should be doing it. But uh, that's what that last meeting we had was about, that we need more of it. Right. You know, and, and that's what we're trying to do. I'm, I'm trying to my, my, write my own script and make my own job where I'm at. Hopefully I can, I can do that. But uh, that's something that needs to happen if we want to see a significant change. So uh, that's no what doubt. I'm working on. No doubt. And yeah. I, hope that, I hope that comes to fruition. Yeah. Real talk. Appreciate that. One dope thing that happened at our school after the Kobe um, in our, our uh, elective Operation Flex. Um, shout out to Miss Kirsten. She come in and teach about financial literacy. The conversation was life insurance. Mm. You know what I'm saying? That was the, you understand me what I'm saying? She snapped with that. She snapped with that, particularly with our seniors. She said the seniors took more, um, you know, understanding to it. Obviously, they older. They got jobs. So they can pay five, ten, twenty dollars a month right. for their life insurance. They can do that. You know. Right. Um, so that was that was how we did that. And you got to sometimes you got to learn from tragedy. I hate to even put it like that, but sometimes you, do, you got to you know you use do. that conversation you and say, do. hey, you know, let's set ourselves up so we don't have to do GoFundMe and you mm. know this type of thing when we die. So that was that. Man. But um, 
you know, again, like my man said, just keep having these conversations with the youth. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes they really need that outlet to get it off their chest. They do. Sometimes they need to debrief. I can't tell y'all how many times a kid will come to the front office and they just need it like 10 minutes to cry right quick because yeah. their uncle got killed yeah. last night. Yeah, man, they didn't yeah. want to stay at come home because they got the test they got to do. And, on, and You know what I'm saying? But they just need to debrief right quick. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. so we allow them that space. You yeah. know, sometimes it's by themselves that they need to in what we got called the peace room or like our library. Sometimes they might want to talk to a counselor or, you know, sit and talk to Beard or, you know, sometimes they just want to be in the presence of yeah. some different energy than what they're yeah. dealing with at home. So, you know, it, I, I, I'm going to leave it at this. I don't believe that I can change the world, but I know that I can change the world around me. Mm-hmm. So I don't go into this work thinking that I can save every single kid. We work with hundreds of kids every single day. Right. Some of them don't want to be saved. Some of them, you ain't got the solution for their pollution. And some of them, you could get them a word that'll change their life. You know what I'm saying? So I just try to affect change when and where and how I can. And that's all we ask. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, you know, for me, um, butterfly effect. You know, if you just save one person, you never know down the line what effect that's going to have mm-hmm. on somebody else. You know, so like like you said, you can't save everybody. But you just try to, um, you know, you know, drop seeds. You know, that's one it. planet, the other water, you know, yeah. but what I believe is that it's God to get the increase. Yes, and so, you know, sometimes I'm going to be the, the planter. Sometimes I'm the waterer. Come on. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But you got to speak truth to kids because anything, any fluff, they're going to they sniff that out. Yeah. You know, and it's going and, and when it when it fails, now your credibility is shot. And so, and so is your opportunity. So I always mm. speak truth to kids mm. and I always tell them the real, you know, and get down. And, and one thing I wish, you know, we could do is to have that time to go past the topical, past the surface and get down into the bone, into the marrow so that they can get the message, you know, like this is what it is, like brass tacks, all everything, all the, you know, bells and whistles are, are stripped down and like this is what it is. Mm-hmm. And this is what this is what it's going to take to make it. This is what you got to do. This is the mindset that you have to develop and maintain. And and I wish I could get our young black brothers, you know, in a room. Yeah. You know, I know I, it won't be done in one afternoon, but I sometimes I wish it could be. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just to download like a data dump, just download all of our experiences, all of our mistakes, mm-hmm. all of our triumphs, all of our pains mm-hmm. so that you can understand you don't have to fall in the same pit that we fell in. Yeah, right. Yeah. You young, take advantage of your youth. Yeah. You know what I mean? So on, that's God. that's one thing I wish. I wish I could I could um, you know, just just quarantine kids. <laughs> I swear. Like we I ain't swear, doing nothing today man. but just telling what right. don't just do. Telling you I wish I could like life. adopt all of the kids and house them. If I could adopt all of the kids and house them cuz yeah. they just the stuff they go through at they in their household yeah, like, is just oh, terrible. Yeah. I mean, oh, it's we shitty. definitely need to figure out a way to just rebuild the communities, period. Because yeah. I guarantee you, if we can get the homes fixed, everything else will That's fall in place. Fight, like my man right, said. like once the homes is fixed, everything else is good, and it'd be too late to to try to save some of them at times. Yeah, without putting them in a whole new environment, which yeah. is why you get so many people that once they become adults, they immediately move out of Milwaukee. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Like as soon as they they yeah. can move, they do, and then they like they go to a whole new city and they flourish. And it's like it has mm-hmm. nothing to do with the fact you're in a new city. Mm-hmm. It's just you don't have the problems you have holding you back. Mm-hmm. And that's a complete, mm-hmm. like, you can come back home, and as long as you don't have that same problem, right. you'll still be successful mm-hmm. as much as possible. But I'd like to thank you guys for coming in and doing this. Thank you. Got, thank uh, you. I know this took away y'all Saturdays, but I feel like this was something I definitely wanted to really dive into. 
especially for this month. But how can people get a hold of you guys and if they want to reach out to you for questions, mentor with you, maybe even work with you in regards to getting y'all projects a little bit mm. further than what they are? Mm. Uh, start with you, Mr. Riley. On Facebook, I'm saying my name, Reggie Riley. You can catch me there or I'm on uh, uh, Instagram, pay for no receipt. Mm. <laughs> oh, <thank you> <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, you, I mean, you can catch me on IG, man. man I'm, just I'm, go ahead and run down your I'm whole resume, the IG, because we ain't, we, yeah, we yeah, need a whole another hour to talk this game about me. And I'm really finna take <laughs> off y'all with this A Butler LLC speakers tour, but that ain't that ain't what the man asked for. Uh, but you can catch me on Facebook, Ajamu Butler, AJA. <laughs> A-J-A-M-O-U-B-U-T-L-E-R Or you can catch that IG page At A Butler LLC Preferably catch that IG page Because on there you're going to find your daily inspiration Your coaching content You know what I'm saying You can book me for, for various speaking engagements We finna have this AjamuButler.com Finna drop on their head You know what I'm saying So I ain't, I ain't too hard to find if you need me I'm a little bit more old school you know, I just <laughs> just sold my CD player last Seen week. No. <laughs> Write, me <a> letter. <laughs> Write me a letter at P.O. Right. Box. Uh, send a carrier pigeon. <laughs> Second window on the right. No, <laughs> no, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, I am on Facebook, uh, but I got a lot of dust on it, so don't don't use that. But LinkedIn, LinkedIn is and, the way to uh, go. You can actually go to the Dr. Howard Fuller um, webpage, and my work email is there too. So, okay. Jason Beard. Um, I'm pretty pretty out there so if you want to hit me up go ahead no doubt i like to thank everybody for listening to this particular episode make sure you rate it give us a five-star rating comments feedbacks whatever hit these guys up i mean they doing big things so you might as well jump on the bandwagon while it's still kind of free because once they get big, bro, they charge a full price, and I'm getting a percentage. Don't <laughs> call me for nothing free. He's speaking for himself. Don't call me for nothing free. I get what I need for free. I get what I need for free. Hey, this is me, Beard. Don't call me for nothing free. I got my coupon for that. I'm at least getting a discount, so I don't, I don't care. But with that being said, thank y'all for tuning in, and we are out of here, people. <laughs>